Welcome to Return to Oz Minute. We're the podcast that Monday through Friday analyzes the 1985 Disney movie Return to Oz one egg laying minute at a time. Hope that wasn't a spoiler for anyone. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. And if you're still looking for spoilers, it's you've almost run out of me. <laughs> but we're joined this week by another very special guest coming all the way from the Indiana Jones Minute, Pete Momert. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. This is fun. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, also a, a part-time host of Die Hard Minute. Yes. As are we, hopefully. Oh, cool. Yeah. Our listeners have found that and checked that out. <laughs> um, but peek behind the curtain, we are recording this the week that your guys' this week is airing. That's right. That's <laughs> why I thought of it. Um, yeah. So I've referenced Indiana Jones Minute a lot on this podcast <laughs> just warn you if i start fangirling out or something um we talked about dorothy's uh not so mild anxiety disorder oh, yeah yeah nice. uh we we got a glimpse of this gnome king cave which definitely looks like a mine cart would fit right in oh yeah so. I, I i was thinking of the uh the space slug from empire strikes back but i like the mine cart angle too <laughs> there's there's a lot more crossover than you'd think yeah. for a movie that's a return to Oz, Wizard of Oz sequel starring Fruzabal <laughs> from the 80s. It's the Walter Murch connection, I think. Yeah. George Lucas was hanging yeah. around because he knew sooner or later they'd all be owned yeah. by Disney. There you go. <laughs> There's the trick. Yeah. You know... For all the merchandising ideas we have given them <laughs> and all the money I personally have given to Disney oh, yeah. in the past uh-huh. decade or so, like, <laughs> just open a vein, guys. It'd be faster. <laughs> um, today, we're going to talk about Minute 93, which starts with Belina saying, oh, dear, to being eaten <laughs> and clucking in despair. And it ends with the Gnome King starting the sentence, don't you know that? <laughs> and... Uh, but he says it with much more dramatic pauses than I do. <laughs> um, so this is Belina's big moment. Uh, she is hiding in Jack Pumpkinhead's head, which is a pumpkin, uh, over the Gnome King's open mouth. He's about to eat them. She clucks. She says, oh, dear. And she lays an egg. Uh, is one of your questions coming up, Pete? Because... <laughs> Out of context, this probably doesn't seem like it's a very big plot point. <laughs> no, I, I actually like how it ties it back to the very beginning of the movie. How I was thinking back to how she never she was she was in trouble for not laying an egg then. <laughs> she does say, "I finally laid my egg." Yeah. At one point this minute, and I like she even gets a little drum roll when she lays it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's such a dramatic music cue. <laughs> Because it it rolls around. It does the thing like the coins at the science museums where it goes around <laughs> that's the a edge good way to describe it falls it. out. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for knowing what I meant. <laughs> um, and my only problem is that it prompts multiple close-ups of the Gnome King's eyes, which I am not down with. Oh, yeah. it's You know, I, I just saw this movie for the first time not too long ago. <laughs> And one of the things that jumped out at me that I love is just how kind of creepy and eerie so many parts of it are that I didn't expect at all. <laughs> and that eye is is one of the top things in creepiness. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it, like, calcifies over yeah. when he swallows the egg. It's just, I, I mean, I guess that's good for me. It's going away. <laughs> We're not going to get the human eye anymore. Um, 
Actually, Tierney, I, I hate to do this to you, <laughs> but you do have another problem with this minute because it's another one of Belina's lines that wasn't in the script. Oh, <laughs> of course it wasn't. <laughs> Belina's had a number of zingers throughout uh-huh. the movie, and we, we the the latest version of the script that's publicly you know just online and around is from July of 1984. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's less than a yeah. year before the movie was released. It's it's got to be close. <laughs> so pretty close, and so many of Belina's lines uh, when she said like a ham sandwich and <laughs> something to TikTok, like all of these uh, zingers are just not not there. But they end up in the final movie, yeah. which is oh, fantastic. Wow. Yeah. But, but yeah, at some point they just like spiced it up and <laughs> it made Belina just incredibly quick witted <laughs> and funny. And do you know how that came about? Was was she doing it like was she just ad living on set or did they? No, which is driving me insane because you know <laughs> this is a puppet. So when could they? I I swear, like. I am not well-versed enough in Hollywood to understand how... I mean, like, I can understand a line here and there. You know, you uh-huh. push things up a little bit. It's a puppet. Like, it's easy enough to be like, yeah, she's holding her. You can't really tell she's not talking. Let's just add a line there. Uh-huh. But, but like, more than half her lines don't exist in the script. <laughs> I don't understand how this happened. <laughs> Was there some crazy huge rewrite step between July 84 hmm. and, I, again, the movie came out June 85. <laughs> That's a ridiculously quick turnaround for that much change. Huh. Um, I, I Like, I had been reading that Disney kind of pulled, tried to pull Walter Murch off at some point. Was, was that before they started filming or was that while they were filming? I think it was while they were filming. Okay, so this probably came in before that. Yeah, I don't have an exact timeline, but it was after filming had begun, and that's why we know that George Lucas was hanging around the set, Uh because he basically flew over to England and was like, I'm going to help you out, buddy. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) And then also went to Disney or whatever accountant Disney had sent over and was like, hey, I'm going to help him, so back off. (laughs) I don't know if George Lucas ever said those words, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume that he the, did, actually. <laughs> that was kind of the sum of what happened. <laughs> of uh, of him coming over and being like, look, I promise we're going to get a movie made. It's okay. And was, um, was Coppola involved, yeah. too? So I had never seen any references to that. Uh-huh. And it was when I was checking the IMDb, because he has an uncredited... Uh, and it doesn't even say like uncredited is what just uncredited Francis Ford Coppola in the miscellaneous crew on the IMDb. Huh. So he must have kind of done the same thing. Uh-huh. And maybe I just don't read as much about Francis Ford Coppola as I do about George Lucas. Because um, I've seen a lot more references to Lucas going over. Okay. Because if you read it, I, uh, I, I hate to be like the podcast of record and say things like this, but it kind of sounds like this movie might not have happened if George Lucas hadn't gone over there. Because uh-huh. uh, like I said, Disney was regretting things very quickly and debating pulling the plug. Uh-huh. I don't know. It, it mentions a lot of other directors like giving Walter Murch advice, and but... Francis Ford Coppola has that special credit. I've got to imagine he was on set more than just like taking 
merch out for a drink after a hard day <laughs> telling him it's going to be all right. So, well, I, I was looking at the uh, Wikipedia, the Wikipedia entry for, I know that's not always a great source, but it had said something about uh, George Lucas and Coppola both supported merch uh, with the studio, like when they were talking about getting okay. rid of them. So I, that's some heavy hitters. Like that's, yeah, yeah, that's some good backup. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good guys yeah. to go to bat for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we don't know exactly what they did, but it's being able to say these guys are are on my side must have made Disney feel like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then they still got this ridiculous, crazy, <laughs> hey. bizarre yeah. movie. But Cult classic. Hey. Cult classic. Um, you were mentioning. Yeah, it... We're still talking okay. about it 30 yeah. years later. Yeah. And you were mentioning his uh, his creepy eye. And I thought it, I thought it was fascinating that it was so bloodshot. And it actually started to kind of make me feel bad for the Gnome King. Like, he seems like he's overworked. He's too stressed. Like, it just seems like maybe, I mean, he's definitely, like, in, engaged in some hubris that has caused his downfall. But I still, I part of me kind of feels bad for the guy. He has overstepped at this point. Yeah. Because he's being a drama queen, actually, <laughs> about all of this. First of all, multiple people told him, hey, don't let them play this guessing game. He's like, no, 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 this is going to be great. Then they started to win the guessing game, and he flipped out, <laughs> went all claymation on them, then started eating them, but very slowly. Mm -hmm. And even this, he, like, very slowly puts Jack down. <laughs> yeah, I love it's that. It's just like, <laughs> It's like when you pretend to throw something away, and then you very gently place it on top of the wastebasket so it doesn't actually get damaged. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad. <laughs> I don't think as a small child I needed to see Jack Pumpkinhead spattered on the ground <laughs> at his feet. I Believe me, I get why they did that. But yeah, he's just a big old drama queen. So um, yeah, he and all the gnomes. So I'm trying to figure out if all the gnomes, I, I've got to imagine all the gnomes are affected by the poison because they all start, you know, moaning poison mm -hmm. and disappearing back into the walls. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm hoping it's some sort of like the Gnome King is connected to the rock and they're part of the rock. And so they're all poisoned by this because otherwise that is. Yeah, weird. I was wondering, like, are they all some kind of a collective being or are they, you know, are they all interrelated somehow? We had not gotten that impression up to this point. Uh -huh. Even when the gnomes were going and peeping out of different rocks, they then reported back to him. That's true. Right, Mike? I mean, like. The gnomes could go in and out of things, but we never saw the gnome king do. Well, we saw him go in and out of the mountain. Yeah, so it's from from what we've observed through, to this point, the gnome king does seem to be separate. That we, we've we've theorized a little bit, like uh, you know, we we don't we don't see him directly until he's kind of become more mm -hmm. human. Like, how did he get the shoes? Like, where does he? How does he control the ruby slippers while he's really a rock? <laughs> but he seems to have a little bit of dimensionality where he can, you know, expand uh -huh. into a body uh -huh. of sorts. But yeah, but but uh, he seems to summon one face and the other gnomes summon another. But maybe they are all one, yeah, one one kind of uh, one kind of symbiont circle. <laughs> Get a little yeah, Lucas yeah, back like in that. there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have yeah the the dramatic. I'm melting, I'm melting yeah. moment for this movie, which I know this isn't 
really a sequel to The Wizard of Oz, but come on, they had to be thinking about that, right? That's good. I didn't think about that until just now, but yeah, that you nailed it. That's absolutely <laughs> right. That's kind of what they do. <laughs> um, and I am ready to drop some knowledge on you guys. Our old best friends, BackyardChickens.com, <laughs> because I was under the impression and thought, well, I could be wrong because it's been established. I know nothing about animals. Um, <laughs> would a hen really lay an egg because of stress? Wouldn't it be the opposite? And our, our good friends at this website backed me up and Google results concur. Stressed hens either lay very strange eggs or no eggs at all. I do not know what a very strange egg is. I am intrigued. Hit us up if you know. But yeah, if you were super, if you were a super stressed out chicken, you would not lay an egg. <laughs> the opposite. You'd be feeling very uptight <laughs> and not inclined. Yeah, that makes total sense, actually. <laughs> I just, I used my powers of deduction and then I did the research to back it up to be like, okay, no, really. And I did check Mike and yes, we have, I think all our references to chicken knowledge have come from that same website. Yes, they were, they were very helpful in the early part of the film. And you know, I, I think the explanation makes sense. So she was, Belina, clearly like everyone else after, what was the count? 11,000 people died. After the yeah. after the tornado destroyed everything around the farm, all the auxiliary buildings, the whole neighborhood, uh -huh. Mrs. Gulch's house, the road, um, it's all gone. Pete, if you, Belina was stressed. They made the mistake of using real town names for the Kansas section, so we had a little fun with uh, census statistics and how many people must have died in oh, this tornado. Man. Anyway. Yeah, clearly Belina was yeah. stressed. She couldn't lay eggs. And now, for whatever reason, maybe it's because she was pottery for a few minutes. She's just relaxed and chill. Every She's upside time. down. Oh, man. Well, she makes it. Jack makes it. He's put down very gently, and he complains about his head hurting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another thing that makes zero sense in Jack's physiology. <laughs> Do you think, was, was Jack at all one of the inspirations for Jack and the nightmare before Christmas. I hope so. I, I, We've hypothesized. Uh -huh. If Tim Burton listens to this movie podcast, <laughs> he should let us know. <laughs> there definitely seem like a lot of parallels. Like he it definitely seems like a similar guy. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if uh, Burton was at Disney at the same time as this movie was being made. I can't remember if we looked up if they did overlap or not. Hmm. Um, so I, I like to think that even if it wasn't direct in his mind, uh -huh. at one point he watches, cause let's face it, Tim Burton watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, he had to. Like, is there any doubt in yeah. anyone's mind? This has him written so, all over it. Yeah, he watched this movie and I would like to think that when he was watching this movie, he thought, that's really cool. <laughs> and not like, oh, he went and found it later or anything. Just, you know, it was in the back of his brain percolating. Mm-hmm. Mike, you're going to prove me wrong. No. Uh, so we, we have used, it's you know, taking one little step from Wikipedia, the Oz Wikia uh -huh. uh, does talk about Jack Pumpkinhead. And uh, with no um, citations to back it up, it, it does say, 
quote, it is a known fact that he was the inspiration of Tim Burton's iconic character known as Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King. There's, there's no interview. There's no reference. It just says it is a known fact. Maybe it's just self-evident. Yeah. Maybe it's just so obvious it has to be true. (laughs) I'm just thinking of how much I would have failed every history class I ever took. It is a known fact. Even if it was. Because that's the problem with writing history papers. Sometimes it is a known fact. (laughs) You still have to say it. Oh, man. All right. So there you go. Indisputable proof. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just remembering (laughs) at several times in doing this podcast, uh, Chris has asked me, why don't you just email Walter Murch and see if he'll come talk to you guys on the podcast? And I'm like, what? (laughs) No. (laughs) And he was like, he's like, yeah, he hasn't done anything lately. I I bet he'd talk to you guys. I'm like, no, (laughs) it's Walter Murch. (laughs) So that's kind of the same thing. I'm like, yeah. We'll just ask Tim Burton, you know, the next time it comes up. Hey, buddy. Settle bet for me. Oh, man. Um, so I I do enjoy that the, the Gnome King has been a drama queen this whole time, and it continues even in his, what I believe are about to be death rows, since all his minions are chanting poison, poison, and disappearing. Uh-huh. Um. I have to say, he has, like, I listened to this with headphones, and his voice is absolutely incredible. Mm. Like, the sound effects in this movie are amazing. Yeah. Well, we have the theory that the sound department was really determined to impress the boss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we got to make it good, guys. For real. (laughs) He'll know. (laughs) Um, But also, it's uh, Nickel Williamson playing the Gnome King. Okay. Who's just one of those guys where... um, you know, it's looking at his movie credits, okay, fine. But when you read about him, he was one of those British stage actors. Oh, yeah. Who just could read anything. What's the... There have been a couple where it's just like, I would listen to him read the phone book mm-hmm. is the go-to line. And he's he's definitely in that camp. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think he brought a little bit of that to it. Um, Jean Marsh did as well, but she spends most of her lines screaming in this movie. <laughs> so... It's a little bit harder for her to uh, work the stage voice. Yeah, she does a good job at the screaming, though. Yeah, to be fair, she's rocking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he gets all the smooth lines. Mm. Um, And yeah, I like that so many people are like, oh, he has a great voice. It's also really creepy. I'm like, yeah, it fits. It fits. Yeah, but it, it, it works. And he's able, you know, here at the end, he's kind of you know he gets a little angry but for most of it the gnome king is very calm Mm -hmm. like he's he's you know he's got the bond villain Mm -hmm. down and you know he's just saying it's more fun this way (laughs) and he says it in a wonderful Uh way but he also has his pipe and he's moving his hands like he's he takes the character the his his ability kind of elevates the character far above what was necessary for this movie and i (laughs) And I adore this film, <laughs> but you know he 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 really just stepped in mm-hmm. and yeah. you know gave it every everything he could. And when his character goes to ridiculous lengths, he's believable enough that you just you just yeah. go with it. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like instant gravitas. Oh, I'm so disappointed that he isn't human enough, like he was in previous scenes, to do a little stumble in between his don't you know <laughs> that. 
Like, yeah. like, couldn't you just see him like clutching a table as he staggers in between those words? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any other notes for this minute? No, I don't think I have any more for this minute. All right. Um, well, we will find out what we don't know tomorrow. <laughs> um, in the meantime, if you want to check out more of Return to Oz Minute, maybe you're wondering where you can find these wonderful statistics of how many people fictionally died in Kansas in 1899 except it was 1939 except none of this works uh earlier episodes are on our website return to ozminute.com aka we are tiog piog.com someone was very proud of getting that domain in case you couldn't tell that's awesome um and pete where can they find you uh we do the same thing you guys do with Indiana Jones and you can find us at Indiana Jones or just look up Indiana Jones, wherever you find podcasts. And we have a good uh, screaming lady in one of our movies we just talked about. So maybe, <laughs> maybe one of these minutes coming up, we can discuss whether Kate Capshaw would have made a good uh, mom. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, both our podcasts have uh, thriving listener societies on Facebook. Uh, if you use social media, uh, there are Facebook pages to like the podcast, but there are also listener society groups to talk about the podcast, um, which is a lovely place for you to post your best staggering Nicole Williamson impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so come back tomorrow for more of Return to Oz. In the meantime, we og. Tiog. Tiog.